0: Hello and welcome to College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon. And as promised, uh, in the last episode before I went on break, we're here to talk about FAFSA, which is everybody's favorite topic, I'm sure. Um, I'm super excited because it's not just myself or some other college advisors talking about FAFSA today. We have a bona fide FAFSA expert um the director of financial aid at Superior state university yourself, caitlin coon how are you hello i'm great glad to be back on campus yeah man we had a long break it was it was nice yeah yeah but i'm happy i missed the students yes yeah it was quite we
1: worked what two weeks when they left or a mm-hmm. week after they left it was yep. like
0: a zombie zone anyway. yeah it was kind of creepy so yeah welcome back students <laughs> It's good to be back. Definitely. Back in full swing. (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's a little more lively now. There are actually people around. Yeah. Um, So we were just talking, it was, gosh, last Friday uh, at the spring orientation, and I was talking about doing a FAFSA podcast, and you mentioned um, just talking about some changes and even just sort of like what the FAFSA is going to look like this year. And I was like, oh, my God, please be on my podcast. Yeah. Um, and then you agreed. Yeah. And so I don't know if you want to just, like, jump in. Sure. Or... So
1: we are approaching quickly. I think October one's is a long way away, but not really. It's mm-hmm. just right, It's right, It's coming up quicker than we all think. Yeah. Um, so the the Congress passed through the Future Act, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the Fast FASFA Act is what they're calling it. Oh, okay. Um, and actually, Trump signed it in law, and it should go into place, um, I believe, for the FAFSA opening October 1. Okay. And so, uh, we're going to see a lot of changes to the data retrieval tool, or what they call DRT mm-hmm. for short. It's, where it's that tool built into the FAFSA that uh, allows the user to link their FAFSA to the IRS for a smooth um, transfer of data. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be something that's more automatic. You're not going to be asked for all of this extra information. Okay. Um, that's cool. That was a big yeah, barrier before. Yeah, and it's it makes it smooth. It makes it easier for the families. It makes it easier for the professionals. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for the Department of Education. Um, it limits errors. It mm-hmm. limits it. Lessens verifications. Uh, it's going to be, you know, what they have now is great, but it's they're enhancing the tool, making it a smoother process for families. So that's one of the bigger things. There's, there's going to be a lot of other changes, but to impact the FAFSA itself. Uh, that's a big one. Um, and I also read that they are eliminating 19 questions. They won't tell us which questions those are, but it's oh. a lot of questions to be eliminating. So they're trying to overall... Um, make the process of completing the FAFSA smoother for families, less daunting, Mm -hmm. um, less confusing, Mm -hmm. uh, simplify it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm really excited to see those changes uh, for the 21-22 academic year. I can't believe I've been saying that. I know, that's wild. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) It's so wild. So, um, yeah, those are the big changes. There's, There's... There's some tax law that went into effect for the 1920 but that, mm-hmm. that imposed some changes, but we won't go into details about that. Yeah, but sounds- I'm excited for the Future Act. This is a good thing for F- the federal student aid, and you'll see some positive changes to how they communicate to families and to students and okay. smooth on in the process. Nice. They made a – and I think actually this is live. I should – we could probably Google test this, but – um, they made a chatbot, an FSA chatbot. So you know it's something similar to, if you were to go on Amazon or, or organization and ask them questions, and they have like some candid responses to help you through your problems. Yeah. So the so FSA has developed that for FAFSA users, and I don't 100% know if it's live. It was out in demo that I got to see it. I think. Maybe live. Okay. I don't know. Is it is it when you're doing the actual? Yeah, form? and you can actually chat with someone and get some live help. Um, that's something that they announced at FSA this year.
0: That's really so, cool.
1: Rather than just have a little tip thing mm, on the side, that's like Yeah, people don't read that. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, yes, I mean, the tips are helpful, but they don't always read that, and um, I think people just like the comfort or feel feel comforted in, in talking to somebody, whether that be a chatbot or
0: an actual person. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of new. So mm-hmm. that on top of, of the app, and this this is something that I've been wanting to ask because I was nervous to use this when, with my students before. Um, I was really nervous about using the app because of like autocorrect and typos. Mm-hmm. On your end, having to process a lot of that stuff, has that been something you've seen with the introduction of the app? Is a lot more mistakes and need for verification or has it been
1: no um unfortunately we don't get to see how the application was completed okay so we don't know if it's done through the app or if it's done through the computer or like so via phone or computer um, or even paper mm-hmm. we have no idea we just get the electronic transactions into the Department of Education mm-hmm. um, but feedback from other professionals around my colleagues uh, say that families although it's convenient, mm-hmm. Um they're not utilizing the complete uh, they can start their application with the app and then they go back to a computer to finish it. Okay. You can't use the data travel tool on the app. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a bummer, but um, it, it's all it's all right there. I think what the app, what the to highlight the app more than actually the FAFSA application mm-hmm. is once you enter, um, you know, once our students enter repayment. All of that is right at your fingertips, so you can take a look at your debt, what your repayment plan is, what you're paying per month. Hmm. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a management app for that as well, and that that is, to me, more valuable at
0: the moment in time than actually filling out that asset application there. So, like, I have federal loans. Yeah. If I downloaded the yeah. app, I could see all that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Nice. And it's easier than, um, you know, logging into mystateloans.gov
1: or... Yep. Uh, things like a servicer, or that a yeah. loan servicer, whoever's managing your, your debt, um, it's it's hope it's hopeful for our students. It's easier. It's convenient. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forgot to mention one other big change that they that they put into place. Um, this has nothing to do with the Future Act, but just Congress or FSA in general. Mm-hmm. They everyone who has borrowed Direct Stafford loan mm-hmm. is familiar with what's called a Master Promissory Note mm-hmm. or Agreement to Serve. Uh, loan, re- loan agreement, Yep, that used to be done once their first year, and it had to be done once every 10 years. Okay. Now they're making students do it every year. Oh, really? Yeah, so it- starting fast, year Okay. 22, they have to start doing it every year. And I think it's just the education piece. So every year they're going to be logging in and seeing
0: what debt they've incurred, okay. um, just in hopes to help make some better financial decisions. Yeah, yeah, because I know that was something that that I've gotten to see you talk with students about, too, is just mm-hmm. that financial literacy and smart mm-hmm. borrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important, yeah, because when you're not looking at the total, especially if you've got those unsubsidized loans, yeah. you're not even looking at the interest that's accruing throughout exactly. the year. Exactly. Um, so is that going to require them to go through the loan counseling every year to get to the – or is it just <laughs> specifically you have to log in, look, sign the master? Um, you know, you I haven't
1: anything. seen it. I don't really know. I'm imagining that it wouldn't be the loan counseling, but rather just something similar to um, acknowledging their debt, mm-hmm. acknowledging what they have borrowed thus far. Every, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's great. I think you know when we facilitate our exit interviews, and we do something different at Lake Superior State. We, uh, I don't, I guess I don't know if it's different, but I haven't heard of many schools doing this. We mm-hmm. actually offer individual sit down. Exit interviews for students who have borrowed Dirk Stafford loans. So we okay. individually meet with students. Mm-hmm. You know, hundreds of students that graduate every every semester, and we have a printout Dang. of their loan servicer and what they've incurred at our institution. Um, you know, and also we give them tips and tricks and to avoid default and all those things. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times when I used to do this, five ten years ago, sit down and students were like, I have debt. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, yeah, you do. You know. So So these are things that um, the department is trying to put into place so students have a better understanding of,
0: of what they have to actually like, repay when they're done with school. That's good. That's important because mm-hmm. I, I think um, my exit counseling, I did it online. Yeah, and so
1: that's required still. So okay. in our individual sessions, they still have to do the, the online exit. Mm-hmm. Counseling through student loans just because that's a federal regulation. Mm-hmm. But we offer that extra little that little bonus with their session. So they
0: do that online and then we sit down and and mm-hmm. counsel them through what the debt that they have and that is really cool. Yeah, that was definitely not something offered to the, the you know, however many thousand of us graduating mm-hmm. at you know WMU but and not
1: everyone takes advantage of it because mm-hmm.
0: they're not
1: required okay. to have it one, but we probably see 250
0: students out of our 400 or 500 that graduated every year so I have that's really impressive yeah, that's like, honestly really cool yeah. and that's so important because I think I put off doing the exit counseling mm-hmm. until like I absolutely had to I think I had a couple weeks left mm-hmm. just because I was like nervous about the whole process and I actually found it like de- decreased my anxiety because I was like oh oh, this is what I'll have mm-hmm. to pay a month and mm-hmm. um, and it was really helpful mm-hmm. um, but kind of on the flip side of that do you see students a lot uh does it seem like they pay attention to the entrance
1: counseling? No. No? That's my honest opinion. Yeah, that's um, fair. Some do, some don't. I've seen students work through it, click, 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 mm-hmm. done. Um, at the point in time they're doing the entrance counseling, they're not usually even in school yet. They're They're in their summer year, coming into college, mm-hmm. um, right before they come here, they don't quite understand what they're getting themselves into. Um... I wish that it was more of a personalized, like I, I, like, I wish it was more involved in their first semester curriculum almost. Oh, okay. Like, like we, we would go into, like, a USIM class. At Alex that we have the 100-level mm-hmm. USIM classes. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you know, they're engaged in, in college. They're a college student. They're, they have the college student mindset. They've um, paid that first bill. They've pay, <laughs> or parents paid that yep. first bill. There's that conversation happening. Um, so then they're actually like, okay, you know, I, you know, my parents just paid a couple grand. I could, this is all equaling up to me. My, this is what my actual bill was to attend mm-hmm. institution, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so when they're doing that, you know, right now that the students are doing it now mm-hmm. for start in the fall, right? And It's like, well, that's not equal enough because they don't really understand what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. So I think that could use some work, but, um, for the students who do go through that, it's a really helpful tool. Mm-hmm. It projects out what you would potentially have in debt if you were to incur around the same amount that you do every year. Okay. You know, and it can give you um, a a, stimu- a simulation in terms of what career you're going into, what the average salary is for that career, what expenses you might have, and then it would spit out like a payment, a plan for you that would best suit your need at that time. So it's really helpful. I... Really don't know that students get a whole lot out of it.
0: Okay. I'll be honest.
1: I don't, I don't, if someone was to do like a research on that, yeah, pre test and like post test, mm-hmm. I don't know that you would find that it's
0: that you see a significant difference in someone's knowledge. Okay. And that's kind of a shame. So I think mm-hmm. plugging to any counselors or teachers or students or parents mm-hmm. listening, um, actually pay attention or encourage your student to pay attention because mm-hmm. um, it sounds like that can make one heck of a difference in understanding especially that smart borrowing Mm -hmm. and and if you could talk on that I had um Rikisha she came on and she talked about smart borrowing and and lending and loaning in terms of like personal finance Mm -hmm. but that looks a lot different in terms of like educational finance right so could you talk on like what smart borrowing would look like in terms of like college
1: yeah so it's really easy and I think this is a detriment to the industry the the aid industry in itself mm-hmm. um in terms of the nomenclature used so the mm-hmm. language used when presenting an award letter um a lot of families or students don't quite can't don't understand what
0: loan grant scholarship means Right, well, in and some s- schools don't even list it as like a loan right <coughs> they'll list them as like different Correct. yeah so um that is one thing fsa is
1: working on is to try to um Normalize all of that, but that's anyway,s good news. so I think some students just hop into this with mm-hmm. without any true education on what they're actually getting themselves into. You know, slapping a, a twenty thousand dollar price tag on something that's a sticker shock for mm-hmm. a lot of people, mm-hmm. and um, at the age students are entering college, they're not quite mature enough to quite understand right um, what that means. Mm-hmm. So, um. What I've been teaching students when we go into, like, those USIM classes about smart borrowing is when you get your financial aid award letter in front of you, whether you're still searching for colleges, if you have three different aid letters from three different schools in front of you, see, you know, obviously you're going to figure out what it costs to attend, you're going to have a bill from the institution, lay the bill out in front of you, lay your aid package out in front of you Um, uh, in from your bill subtract all of your gifts so subtract your Pell grant if you have it subtract any scholarship any grant money any work funds that you're going to put in any savings account money that you're actually going to throw into your education mm-hmm. subtract all of that first and then see what you're you're left over with can you afford $2000 mm-hmm. can you put that in a payment plan without having to borrow money mm-hmm. um Or, if you only have $2,000 left to pay this semester, don't take a $5,500 loan. Just take a $2,000 loan.
0: Right. You know?
1: So don't Mm -hmm. over-borrow. Really do your homework in terms of what your actual bill is for that semester. Mm -hmm. What kind of gift aid can apply. So gift aid would be that scholarship and grant money that will apply to your bill. And then see if you can either get by or borrow what you actually need to foot your bill. Mm -hmm. And not anything extra. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think where a lot of people might find themselves getting in trouble is they borrow extra. And then they have all this extra money. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, young, mature, immature students, they don't know how to budget that. They don't know how to put, you know, most don't. I mean, most don't. So that's what you see happening. So (laughs) being smart about actually just borrowing what you need is the number one
0: factor in lessening that that overall debt for a student definitely um and that can kind of play out in different ways like you mentioned the overborrowing mm-hmm. for tuition um in all honesty half of my student debt is from a study abroad trip and like I took out more loans than I needed to pay for like the course and the flight because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to like mm-hmm. do things and go mm-hmm. on excursions and like I did like educational stuff sometimes um but like yeah so that was a case of over borrowing and so that can go beyond because like yes I used it to like go on excursions but I also used it to like buy pizza mm-hmm. um and so and so uh you know that I think it can look different in like different cases right yeah
1: yeah and so it's hard you know it's hard to it's hard to play out those case-by-case situations for students um in the aid world, we offer aid. So in, in where, so here I am sitting here telling you to be smart borrowing. Yeah, I'm the same person offering you aid to take out aid mm. above and beyond your class attendance. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't want to say hypocritical because that's not, that's not it, but it's like I'm preaching to be a smart borrower, but I'm not being smart in how I communicate to students because oh. you know schools are starting to lean toward not even putting loans on award letters anymore. So just put the grant aid or scholarship aid that they mm-hmm. have, and then let the student come to the financial aid office and be like, I need to borrow money. So they're initiating that conversation rather than just on autopilot, yes, 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 yes. accept, 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 mm-hmm. you know? So <clears throat> it's a little bit more self-driven than the automatic mm-hmm. um, disbursements that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we at Lake Superior State University don't do that yet. Uh, but some schools are are leaning, are doing that. So that's another form of smart borrowing and, and smart institution to mm-hmm. to to make
0: sure students aren't over borrowing. That's really interesting. The, the way that you just explained that, I was listening to a podcast um, earlier today called Curiosity Cast, and they were talking about. Um, uh, how we autopilot a lot and just make choices. So, like, mm-hmm. grocery stores have found people buy more produce if they put arrows on the floor to the produce <laughs> yeah. section. Just, like, weird yeah. stuff like that. It's like we're becoming a robot. Yeah, yeah. Or on the flip side, if you're at, like, a, yeah. a, a fast food place like McDonald's, do you want to supersize it? People would just say, like, yes on autopilot mm-hmm. and it works well because then the meal costs more mm-hmm. for them. But the, on the flip side, you know, you end up being like, oh, I don't need a drink that's the same size as my head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or a hamburger whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um... And so it's kind of the same thing with the loans. And it's really interesting because I would never put, like, those two things on the same plane. It happens all the time. Yeah. Because you're just an autopilot.
1: You're going through the steps to become a student at college. So one of those steps is to get on your student portal and accept Mm -hmm. your aid. Mm -hmm. And if you're not thinking about it, you're just like, accept, 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 and check those things off my list, Mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about it. Well, you're just overborrowed by $3,000. Did you really need that? Right. Um, So they're, they're on that... Checklist mm-hmm. method of getting mm-hmm. themselves into college. So, you know, taking a step back, being patient and waiting um, for your bill to come out. Yeah. And so that that's another thing that can be tricky for families because most institutions don't release their bill until June, July. Yeah, that's and true. And you know, you're not your bill's due in August, and you start school in August, right? Yep. So, but if you wait and you're patient and and you and you wait for that bill, then you can come up with the exact amount of money that you have to. Buy
0: definitely i remember there being a letter that i had to like write uh i did it was change my borrow amount is that still a thing that yeah. you can do is that online now probably and not for us no okay okay but but it most wasn't for me probably okay um
1: we in our office call that um well we actually call it a green sheet so okay. it's funny people are like well what's a green sheet <laughs> and, like we expect them all to know what that is <laughs> It's just an aid adjustment form. So okay. they call and they're like, hey, I accidentally accepted all this aid. I want to um, decline it or I want to adjust my amount." Of course, we, we, we okay. would work with them. Um, I think the regulation says that you have um,
0: 30 days before the end of the term to adjust aid. Oh, so like even if yeah. uh, like last semester in October, I could have been like, oh, wow, I realized that mm-hmm. I have 200... Uh, Random yeah. extra dollars sitting in my account that I, you know, whatever yeah. they need, you could put it back. Mm-hmm. Intriguing.
1: Yeah, and then it. So mm-hmm. what would happen is we would... The the aid office would then return money to the Department of Education, and you wouldn't have to worry about principal uh, interest. So rather than you taking that $200 yeah. and saving it to pay off your principal balance, then you're accruing interest, especially the right. be loan. Um, if you just adjust
0: your aid on our end, yeah. you're not going to... So increase. rather than having to pay back $230, you just give that 200 yeah. back that's yep. super smart everyone always write that talk down.
1: like one of the major points that i hit <clears throat> home with families and you know in students is just come have a conversation if you're worried or stressed about money at all even if it's your personal finances mm-hmm. um come have a conversation and we can walk through it and find some tips and tricks to help worry mm-hmm. lessen those stress and that's the same with any aid office mm-hmm. <laughs> come have a conversation and we can the only way we can help is if
0: actually initiate a conversation right well you can only know or you only Mm -hmm. know if someone tells Mm -hmm. you um Mm -hmm. i want to flip back to the autopilot thing because i Mm -hmm. it made me think when we were talking about taking the excess loans Mm -hmm. one thing that i saw all the time with students and i don't want to pick on private institutions Mm -hmm. but also i do want to pick on Mm -hmm. private Mm -hmm. institutions they list the parent plus loan Mm -hmm. uh Right on there. And they're like, look, you have zero outstanding. And they'll put just the Parent PLUS loan as, like, the entire... Mm-hmm. The gap. Uh, yeah, the gap. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'll talk to students like, look, I can do this. And, and I, I was remember being like, that... Well, you actually don't even know if your parents are going to get, like, accepted for that much mm-hmm. money. Um, yes. They might get accepted for part of that. They might not get accepted for any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so... What are some, I guess, uh, parent plus loan things to look out for? Yeah, that's a, it's a good one. That's that's one of that's kind of a hot button item
1: mm-hmm. in the aid world. So um, sometimes there's strategies or philosophies to package with the parent plus loan because then you have families going, well, I have that option. Mm-hmm. Only if they the families know it's an option. Right. So parent plus loan is not an automatic thing. So when they get their award letter, <laughs> excuse me. Um, they get their award letter and they see that on on there, um, they're like, oh, well look it. Because for us, we fill the gap of what the cost of attendance is and what their aid is okay. with the Parent Plus Okay. Loan. Okay. So, you know, for ease of conversation, if the bills if the cost of attendance is twenty thousand and they have ten thousand dollars in aid, we're going to give them a Parent Plus loan for ten thousand.
0: Right.
1: Okay. So Parent thinks like, hey. I, we can do this. I mm-hmm. can borrow $10,000 mm-hmm. not knowing that it's a credit check-based application, mm-hmm. that they actually have to take a step mm-hmm. to, to see if they're going to qualify for that. So there's a double-edged sword here. So we, we present them the option so they know it could be, mm-hmm. and there could be an option for the, student, the families. But then on the flip side of that is that they think they just, but on the autopilot, they go through and accept everything. Oh, yeah. And they think they accept that, too. And then their bills come, and they don't have $10,000, and now they're scrambling because they don't even know if they can come mm-hmm. or afford afford to come here. So, depending on the institution and, and the senior management teams and the strategies and, and tactics the schools want to use is whether or not they're going to put that we call it a filler fund there mm-hmm. so it's always an option for a family no matter what it's mm-hmm. always an option at lake state we actually don't package with it first so when we send okay. out our initial award letters um we don't put it on there okay we will put it on there after we rerun it when cost of attendance gets set by the of trustees because of course as we know that never happens in time for us to send out our original words and that's right. at any four-year public in michigan anyways right. So when we repackage all of our students, we then put it on there. So then they know that there's an option. Okay. Um, it's parent
0: plus ones can be dangerous. There's, they're high interest rates. I say, can you break down like what mm-hmm. the difference is between like, because I think sometimes the way I've, I've had parents talk to me is like, well, it's like a student loan. And like, no, they're, they're two very different different kinds of loans.
1: Yeah, I mean they are, so parent plus loan is, obviously this parent has to go through a credit check. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're approved for it, it's a soft check, it's not, they don't go into okay. like a deep okay. background check. So um, if they're approved for it, they're going to be approved for the gap filler, more than likely. Okay. Okay. So um, the on the application, the parent has an opportunity to choose if they want the loan to go to deferment while the student is enrolled in above six credits. So if the if they choose that, they don't have to start making payments on this loan until the student drops below six credits or graduate. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, interest is accruing. And for the Parent PLUS loan this year, it's a 7.26 interest rate, wow. which is high, if you ask my opinion. Yeah. Okay. So that um, can be daunting for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I mean, they can ask to do. I'm just trying to think of what the application is. So they can ask to put it into deferment, mm-hmm. um, or they can make payment on the principal interest per month like any okay. other student. But it is different. So it's not you're gonna. The parents are gonna have their own loan service, sir. loan servicer um, to start making payments on that. Okay. Um, they can't consolidate it usually with any other form of loan that they may have. Okay. Um, there isn't repayment options. It's just one standard payment. Gotcha. Like a student loan has many different repayment plans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the parent can find them some strapped, especially if they have more than one child they're trying to fund. Um, So it's a very popular option, it's convenient. So you do an application, you find out instantly if you're approved or denied. If you're approved, those funds come to the institution in 24 or 48 hours. Wow. So it's very convenient, it's a quick turnaround. Um, and so that's why you kind of you see parents taking that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another form of aid that's called the private loan or the or the alternative loan people call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is more for the student. So it's a credit check based loan application for the student. And there's thousands and thousands of lenders out there for students and families. <laughs> um, and to be honest with you. There's pretty competitive interest rates, fixed interest rates right now. I just helped a family really get, uh-huh, get a private loan through College Ave with a fixed interest rate of 3.92. That's uh, It's crazy. That's like lower than the federal government. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we often have these conversations with these families that like there's pros and cons to borrowing of private loans. Because mm-hmm. if you also borrow direct staffer loans through the FAFSA, so let's say, let me give you a scenario. If a student borrows direct Stafford Loan through the FASPA and also borrows a private loan
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, through their four years as, as a student, they enter repayment, they graduate, they enter repayment. And so rather than making one payment for the direct Stafford Loan, they're now making two monthly payments, one to their direct Stafford Loan borrower and then one to the private loan borrower. So that can be pretty stifling for a student yeah. as they enter in the profession. Um, so, I've been advising families that they're thinking about doing the private loan route. Do not take out direct loan. Borrow all of it in a private loan yep. so you have one monthly payment when you graduate high yeah. school. Or I'm sorry, when you graduate college. <laughs> and they, they're they really competitive interest rates right now. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah.
0: Because I, like, I feel like what I've heard on the flip side is, is they haven't been doing the fixed rate mm-hmm. and stuff because I didn't ever mm-hmm. um, have to take out a private loan. Mm-hmm. I was able to kind of work this was before we had the whole like 40 hours you know you have to pay health insurance if you mm-hmm. work 40 hours a week so I kind of got lucky in that but like I was able to work a lot during the summers and just use the federal loans and then pay the rest mm-hmm. with what I saved up and so I never had yeah. to take a private loan um so when students were like what company should I use I was like talk to the financial aid office because mm-hmm. I don't know yeah yeah we most financial aid offices
1: can't uh recommend lenders it's a okay. code of conduct but, okay but we do buy into what's called um Elm select, okay, and it basically for Lake State anyways, and a lot of institutions in Michigan do this is um, if we have this Elm Select company um, compiles a resource for families on we have our website that um, all students who borrowed private loans in our institution for the last three years, those lenders are listed. So it's a really excellent resource allows you can, to compare and contrast things like interest rate and repayment terms and fixed or variable interest. Um, and a lot of these now have a co-signer incentive, okay. meaning if most students don't have good credit or have poor credit or inadequate credit at that age, so they right. need a cosigner, And so they have what's called a co-signer incentive where they, if the student enters a repayment of their private loan and they make 12 to 18 months of good standing payments, mm-hmm. they'll drop the co Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's some, it's really competitive out there right now with private loans. And um, and, and companies are starting to get really, really um, creative. Mm-hmm. There's some, when I go to these conferences, there's some companies that don't even require credit checks anymore Wow. for families or for students. So um, it's definitely a, a, a route to take. And it's really stemming from the fact that the direct staffer loans, the loans that come from FAFSA. Their annual loan limits haven't risen in 30 years. Yeah. So a student cannot fund their college education anymore with what they offer.
0: No.
1: So they not only have to take loan, they have to figure out how to come up with the rest. Mm-hmm. So why not use a company that can just borrow them all of the money they need at one point in time, right? Okay. So there's all these different mindsets, and in, in, in whatever works for each family. Every family is different in what, in what what they can do, what they can offer, what they can provide. Definitely. So
0: it's certainly a very competitive option these days. Yeah, definitely. My my last question um, has to do with, with the Michigan State aid programs mm-hmm. and FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Last year that was a change, right, where you had to do your FAFSA to be able to access mm-hmm. TIP. Is that still how things are? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. Um,
1: Yes, that will always be the case. Okay. The state wants to try to regulate that on that a little bit. Um, it allows them to capture some data. Okay. Um, you must complete the FAFSA in order for you to be eligible for state aid anymore. Okay. Uh, that includes TIP, Michigan Competitive Scholarship, mm-hmm. Michigan Tuition mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, they wrote that in. I forgot the <laughs> <forgot they> line <laughs> item vetoed that, but it's back in. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and all of the state programs. So yeah. you do have to file a FAFSA. Um, regardless. And if I was to step on a soapbox right now, um, one thing I would say is even if you're not going to borrow federal money, Mm -hmm. okay, even if you're not going to borrow federal loan and you know you're not eligible for a Pell Grant, please, for the love of high school and college, (laughs) complete your FAFSA. You don't have to take any of the money Mm -hmm. that's offered to you, Mm -hmm. but if you don't complete it, you are now missing out on a copious amount of opportunities. Mm-hmm. For example, here at Lake State, we have all of our foundation scholarships, and some of them are not need-based, meaning they don't require need. Mm-hmm. But how am I to know if you have need or not if you don't follow the fast Right. So you just fill it out. You don't have to take any of the money. You don't mm-hmm. have to take any of the, the loans.
0: But if you fill it out, you give your student a lot more opportunities than if you don't. Definitely, and um, I think that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, just fill it out. Yes. One last question, because mm-hmm. I just realized LSSU does this a lot differently than WMU or mm-hmm. MSU. So I think it's LSSU, Northern Tech, and Ferris mm-hmm. are the four schools in Michigan that take phase one. Mm-hmm. And I think LSSU and Ferris are the two that you can use between the most majors.
1: Yeah, Yep, yeah, so for tip phase one benefits, um, we have so there's four the four public institutions, mm-hmm. the four four year public institutions.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> as Beth alluded are Lake State, Michigan Tech, Ferris and Northern. And Ferris and and us have a lot of associates degrees that are embedded right into the bachelor's degree program. Yeah, so yeah. you can concurrently be working on both. Earning a bachelor's degree, earning an associates mm-hmm. in their one simultaneous program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that allowed a lot of our students to utilize our tip based on benefits. Um, so, yeah, so if you think about it, you think about the monetary benefit to that, as if you were going to a community college, the cost per credit out of a community college is $190. Mm-hmm. Here, it's $500. So you're saving you're, s- you're saving tons <laughs> of money. Um, and you're getting a four-year public degree. Yep. yep. You know, if you, as you finish it. So, yeah. um we are lucky in that in that aspect to be able to do that. Now, of course, it's always on the chopping block. Yep. You know, anything that, you know, put that disclaimer out there now, the state of Michigan aid is always on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know, they're trying to implement some new programs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't heard much more about those this year. Okay.
0: But um, we'll see what's coming down the pipes for those. Is there anything? This is the last thing I have. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that students have to do special if they're trying to use TIP Phase One at a four-year institution? Uh, reach out to the financial aid office
1: to which the students is attending because, okay. like for example, here at Lake State, for the students' first year, mm-hmm. we do not require anything else. Well, we actually pull down rosters from the department of, uh, or from the state of Michigan, and we award the TIP. Okay. Okay. Um, After their second semester, okay. so starting their sophomore year, mm-hmm. we require them to f- complete what's called a TIP course registration form. Mm-hmm. Um, the state of Michigan has mandated that we only pay TIP phase one benefits to associate's degree classes. Okay. So we have to prove that some way, shape, or form. Okay. We do that by having the student complete a form mm-hmm. that lists their classes and then their instructor or their advisor um, selects whether or not it goes towards our associate's degree. Okay. It signs off. We're not degree experts, so I'm actually, we don't know which classes go towards their degree. Right. So it just saves everyone's butt in the long run, and we're all still so legal. Um, students have to apply for tip-based that's prior to August 31st
0: of their high school graduation year. Yes. So they have to do that. Yeah. And they can, uh, so say, like, they do a study abroad thing, or they, like, take a semester off. Even if you filled it out by the date, it's, like, what, up to four years after you, that you can use it, as long as you use it, as long as you apply by August 31st? Yes. Okay.
1: My mind is saying six years, but I think it's four years. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to use it. They have to certify though. So they have to do the application process prior to that August 31st
0: deadline, and then don't have to use it anyway.
1: Absolutely
0: not. If your college advisor or your counselor is telling you to do TIP, even if you don't plan on going to college next year, just do it because then you can use it to get a certificate or an associate's degree or, in some cases, a four-year degree. Yeah,
1: and just like write. that FAFSA,
0: just do the application. You mm-hmm. don't have to
1: use it right away, mm-hmm. but you got to do it. Yeah. You know, and you could lose a full tuition benefit if you don't. Yeah,
0: which you know? is terrible. Yeah, so
1: TIP, tip is a, it's a very awesome resource that uh, we're, we're honored to be able to disperse that. Um, so hopefully students take advantage and follow. We don't run into many students who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the student's process to become a student at Lake State, there are times where the student had no idea they were eligible. Uh, we had the fortune to tell them that they were, and it like, changes someone's trajectory of a yep. life. So that's always exciting too. So um, if you ever think that you do qualify for a TIP based on the Medicaid requirements mm-hmm. and you don't really know, mm-hmm. reach out to a financial aid office and mm-hmm. help them. They'll help you fight that battle and figure out if you're eligible or not. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much. We kind of went like higglety-pigglety and yeah, either yeah, and tither, but we covered a ton. Hey, that's
1: eight in general, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's eight. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I truly yeah. appreciate it. And everyone out there, uh, thanks for stopping by to chat. Yeah.